What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 165 of this glorious podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for joining. We do have a few big topics to talk about, really. Obviously, you know, we just saw Bergeron come back. I mean, not Bergeron. Jeez, wow, what a start. What a start, and I'm not even 20 seconds in. We just saw Marshan come back, looked excellent in his supposedly early return to the Bruins. not going to be playing tonight in Columbus. Neither will David Krejci after taking a stick to the neck. However, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about Mac Jones. I'm here to talk about Tom Brady. And I'm here to talk about sports cards. I want to spend a good chunk of this episode talking about sports cards, the hobby. Because again... Owning a card shop, I see a thing or two that most people may not see. So I'm very eager to talk about that and have that discussion because from a short-term perspective, it may look like the world is falling apart. But if you look at the bigger grand scheme of things, you may have second thoughts. So before we do any of that, before we talk about anything on today's episode, Again, thank you guys so much for downloading, listening, enjoying. If you're listening to today's episode on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, wherever you find your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, thank you guys so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment your question, comments, concerns, anything down below, as I can't wait to read and reply to those. And also considering that giant red subscribe button. As I record this, I am at 399 subscribers. Can I get to 400? Just a a marginal milestone that I'd love to reach hopefully before the weekend is over. But yes, let's dive in to today's episode. And I want to talk about Tom Brady to lead things off because I feel like that will be the shortest topic that we'll talk about today. And there's been rumors and reports that Brady and Giselle are going to get a divorce. However, as of today, that is official. Giselle posted on her on her social media story. Tom Brady did the same thing. I'll read Brady's because I, I think you know, it says roughly the same thing, but I'm following Tom Brady and not even Giselle. So, in recent days, my wife and I finalized our divorce from one another after 13 years of marriage. We arrived at this decision amicably and with gratitude for the time we spent together. We are blessed with beautiful and wonderful children who will continue to be the center of our world in every way. We will continue to work together as parents to always ensure they receive the love and attention they deserve. We arrived at the decision to end our marriage after much consideration. Doing so, of course, painful and difficult, like it is for many people who go through the same thing every day around the world. However, we wish only the best for each other as we pursue whatever new chapters in our lives that are yet to be written. And we kindly ask for privacy and respect as we navigate what is to come in the days and weeks ahead. Thank you. So, there's been a million and one rumors about this. Over the past couple of weeks. 
Obviously, Brady retires. He's a family man. Giselle loves it. He comes out of retirement. He's going to play one more year. Doesn't sit well with her. And things just fall off the rails from there. Obviously, I'm not in that household. I'm not a fly on their wall. So I don't really know the true ins and outs of their story. Nor should I. It's not my, it's not my business. But it definitely is upsetting to see you know a situation like this come up for Tom Brady. You know because I am so emotionally uh, connected with him. You know I I love the guy for bringing you know my favorite football team six championships and giving me so many exciting moments throughout you know my time as a football fan. So it's definitely a disappointment to see this. However, it happens from time to time. Hopefully Mrs. Murph and I don't have to go through it. Knock on wood, right? But it happens from time to time, and him and Giselle are both going to be professionals about this, of course. But I always had pause about the whole Brady divorce thing. I always had pause because we can always come up with reports and rumors and stories and headlines, clickbait titles and all that fun stuff. But until it comes out of the mouths of who's directly involved, a la Tom Brady, a la Giselle Bundchen, then I'm, I was going to take it all with a grain of salt. However, it has come out of their mouths. It has been reported by both of them that this is official. Very sad day for the Brady family. However, Tom Brady has a new chapter to look forward to, and it will definitely be an interesting one. Will that has this, you know, emotional, mental toll on his life affected his play? Some could say, arguably, yes. Some could say he's a 45-year-old man and he can't keep up with those that are 25 years old. That makes sense, too. So, with this now in the past, hopefully we can see the Buccaneers play better. Um, I'm still rooting for the Buccaneers, of course. I heard on the radio when I was driving in that it was a question proposed. What, what has a higher chance of likelihood? The Buccaneers missing the playoffs as they currently sit three and five or them winning the Super Bowl. And right now it's hard to not say them missing the playoffs. Not at all hard to say that. However, what they do have going for them is the division sucks. They've hit rock bottom. They lost against the Panthers. Then they lost against the Ravens at home on a short week. They're just not a good football team right now. So they kind of have like a mini bye week since they played on Thursday. You know, they'll have 10 days off until their next game. Hopefully by then they can figure it out. But we'll just have to wait and see. That's really all I want to talk about Tom Brady. You know, I just kind of want to scrape the surface with that. I just give, you know, a few opinions about it my from my perspective. But let's do jump over to the quarterback for our hometown team, the New England Patriots. So I love Mike Reese as a uh, reporter. He's ESPN staff writer for the New England Patriots. He and he wrote an article headlined Patriots, Bill Belichick, quarterback Mac Jones, quote, fully available for Jets or versus Jets, I should say. Um, Reese writes, confirming that quarterback Mac Jones will start Sunday for the New England Patriots. Coach Bill Belichick cited Jones's health as the reason he didn't play the entire game in Monday's loss to the Chicago Bears. Bullshit. Carrying on. Quote, carrying on. Quote, he was ready to play last week, but just didn't feel it was the full game. 
This week is a different situation, end quote, Belichick said Thursday. I, I, I really, I buy it to a degree if you came out before the game and said, hey, we're going to split some time. Mac's going to start. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it feels. And, you know, depending on the situation, we'll probably see Zappy at some point. And, you know, maybe we'll alternate and such. Obviously, you're not going to get that kind of answer from Bill Belichick. But when you're down 10 nothing, and on the third drive, it ends. After three drives, you have no points, and it ends in a bad interception. And you yank the guy for the rest of the game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy it. The Patriots 3-4 and four visit the New York Jets 5-2 and two on Sunday. After seeing Jones at Wednesday's practice, Belichick noted the dynamics of the situation had changed. As Jones was coming back from a high left ankle sprain suffered on September 25th. Quote, Mac took a full workload yesterday and I expect him to be fully available for the game and ready to go, Belichick said. Belichick's unconventional handling of the Patriots quarterbacks in Monday's loss, coupled with him not clarifying and detailing specifics, when asked by reporters, sparked uncertainty on Jones's standing as the starter. Jones was pulled Monday after three series that didn't produce any points, and his final play was an interception. Backup Bailey Zappi, who had started two games in Jones's place and helped the team to two victories, promptly led back-to-back touchdown drives before fading in the second half. The home crowd chanted Zappi's name, adding another unexpected layer to the unusual approach of playing two quarterbacks. Belichick also wouldn't commit to a starter immediately after the game or two days later in his Wednesday news conference. On Thursday, Belichick said Jones' ability to handle a full workload Wednesday was important for both the quarterback and the entire offense. Quote, he's ready to do that. So that's what he needs to prepare for the game. And that's what our offensive unit needs. Everybody working together. We'll get that this week. End quote, Belichick said. Quote, that's where we're at. We're getting ready for the Jets, period. End quote. The Patriots officially removed Jones from the injury report Wednesday. It's just a lot of, uh, I don't know how much I can really truly buy into it and believe it. I want to, I want to, I want to. But I just, I, I can't. What if Mac Jones went three, you know, three drives, three touchdowns? Are you going to pull the guy? Because his ankle's a little sore? I mean, maybe you, you kind of give him some more handoffs, some more quick passes and such like that. Obviously, you know, he'll be resting and getting treatment on the bench while the defense is on the field, of course, during halftime. I just don't buy it at all. Could it be true? Sure. I just, it's hard-pressed to believe that you pull the kid after three drives on a bad interception. And even if he wasn't 100% to go the full game and you want to kind of let's say, go the two quarterbacks, alternate, kind of like some college teams will do, then why didn't we see Mac Jones at all? Yeah, Bailey Zappi looked good when he first got onto the field, kind of put the a little life back into the Patriots, especially into Gillette Stadium. But when Zappi started to suck, there was no signs of Mac Jones anywhere. Why? I, that's what I truly believe. I truly believe that like that whole flippy floppy thing wasn't really planned. I bet Bill Belichick was looking for an excuse to put in Zappy, and we've seen it before, but this time it doesn't make as much sense. People keep saying, "Oh, it's it's Brady and Bledsoe. It's Brady and Bledsoe." Let's. I've already looked at the facts. Bledsoe was a first round pick, first overall pick. 
He was the first $100 million quarterback. He was the first player to sign a 10-year deal. Okay. He gets absolutely lit up by Mo Lewis and the Jets. Absolutely rocked. Okay. He had it a, a uh, what is it? Um, Collapsed lung. Jesus, I couldn't think of the word. Collapsed lung. Internal bleeding. He was internally bleeding liters of blood. He had a concussion. And he almost died. And he was out for two months. And then he comes back. The Patriots are, oh, they, I forget what the record was at the time when Bledsoe was fully healthy. But they were going to ride the hot hand because it was a long period of time since we saw Bledsoe. Okay, so Mac Jones has a ankle sprain. He's out for three, four weeks. And then he comes back. This is not the same situation. Mac Jones is a first-round quarterback, yes. Bailey Zappi is a fourth-round quarterback, yes. But it's not the same because this team still sucks. Brady put the team on his back, and he played well during his starts in place of Drew Bledsoe while Drew Bledsoe was unavailable. Bailey Zappi, okay, sure. Yeah, he got a couple wins. That's nice. That Lions win, I've already told you, I'm not too impressed about. I'm not. However... However, the Browns win. I'll give them a little credit there. That was pretty solid. But then again, the situations are not anywhere relevant. Mac Jones was potentially, quote-unquote, potentially available to play in all the games that he missed. It's just nowhere near the same. It's not. Drew Bledsoe was a, a veteran. Someone who's been around the team for, at that point, what was he, 93? So that would have been his 7th season, 8th season? And he wasn't Belichick's guy. He wasn't drafted by Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick drafted Mac Jones. That's quote-unquote his guy. I say that loosely. It's just the, the situations are nowhere near. If you want to call the situation, again, Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott, sure. But guess who's the quarterback when he came back? Dak Prescott. I'm going to leave it at... I'm going to leave it at that, guys, because I am beating a dead horse on this topic. I really am. I do want to talk about my keys... And what I'm looking for to the Jets-Patriots game, and honestly, I have the Jets winning. I'm just going to beat straight up. I do. Yeah, Zach Wilson hasn't looked that great. Yes, Brees Hall tore his ACL. But they also just traded for James Robinson, and that defense looks pretty solid. I like the Jets in this game. It's at home. Patriots have a lot of question marks still. Would I be surprised if the Pats win? Not really. Not really. But I just I don't know if they have what it takes to win against the Jets right now. I don't. It will definitely be an interesting game. Listen, you guys know my stance. I want the Patriots to tank just to get a nice high draft pick and go from there. Go from there because I think right now this year is a loss. I really, really do. I really do. I just don't think you're one of those teams this year. We can point to, we can point to the defense. We can point to the lack of offensive weapons, the poor play by the offensive line. The poor play calling from, you know, the coaches. We can, The poor coaches, we could even point to them. There's a lot of things we could point to. A lot of things we could point to. And I think with all that bundled up, even if you do get into the playoffs, let's say, you're losing first round again. To the Chiefs, I would assume, are the second seed. You're not going to Kansas City and beating Mahomes. You're not. So, like, let's just pump the brakes on that, please. Let's just pump 
the breaks. Anyways, what I'm looking for in this game is, of course, a full healthy slate of Mac Jones. I am. I want to see what he looks like. I want to see what he looks like with the offense that Bailey Zappi ran. You know, in his two games start against the Lions and against the Browns, the under center, play action, throw the ball 15 yards downfield. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see Mac Jones always, always, always in the gun. Could you have, was he in the gun a lot on Monday night because of the ankle? Maybe, sure. I sat here and said that that's a possibility and we could see that. But I want to see if he's fully healthy and ready to go off the injury report. I need to see him under center, play action, throw the ball 15 yards down the field because that's what worked for Zappi. I want to see what they were doing successfully with Zappi, with Mac Jones, and we can reevaluate the quarterback controversy then. So that is number one. Number two. Number two. I need to see the offensive line. I need them to step up. I need them to be an anchor and protect Mac Jones. I Because, you know, you suffer a bad injury like that, a blindside injury, you're going to be a little nervous and a little weary. You are. That's just the nature of it. I need the offensive line to step up and protect the franchise quarterback. That is Mac Jones. Because if Mac Jones doesn't have a clean pocket, he doesn't have enough time to go through uh, two, three reads. He doesn't have enough time to process what he should do, move up in the pocket, scramble, roll out, make the throw, force the throw, whatever it may be. Offensive line needs to step up. Trent Brown looked like he was playing better. Had a garbage, garbage game, but hey, everyone had a garbage game. What's the situation of David Andrews? who ha- uh, I don't think he was diagnosed with a concussion, but he was ruled out with a head injury. So it'll be very interesting to see who the center is. Uh, it would be James Ferentz. But it'll be very interesting to see how the offensive line is cohesive without David Andrews in there if he doesn't play, or even with him in there if he does play after a short week of recovery. He is on the injury report. So that dynamic as a as a whole is is something I'm really looking forward to. And yes, I'm focusing a lot on the offense, and I'm going to continue to do so because they're not getting it done. They're not. No matter what game you want to pick and choose, they're not getting it done. Let's just look at the whole season. Uh, seven points against the Dolphins week one. 17 points against the Steelers week two. 26 against the Ravens. I'll give you a little credit there. 24 against the Packers. 29 against the Lions. You know how I feel about that. 38 points against the Browns. I'll give you that one. 14 points against the Bears on Monday. I'm, I'm, I'm not liking what the offense is doing at all. I'm really not. But number three, I will go on the defensive side of the ball. Step up. You guys sucked. That's all I'm going to say is you guys sucked on Monday. You got torched by a low-scoring offense, a low-efficiency offense, and you got absolutely schooled. Listen, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I think the majority of people know that. And I was rooting for Justin Fields to perform well. I still wanted the Pats to win. Pseudo rooting for them to win. But holy crap, you guys got eviscerated. And it's just like, it's a marginal trend that I'm starting to see from this team. Again, let's just look back at the whole season. I mean, you have good players and such, but let's look at the season. 20 against the Dolphins, 14 against the Steelers, 37 against the Ravens, 27 against the Packers, 0 points against the Lions, 15 points against the Browns, 33 points against the Bears. I mean, like I said, I know they don't have Brees Hall anymore. Zach Wilson's not playing, you know, the greatest of ball. 
but that Jets team can still put up some points. They can still move the ball around. And if your offense isn't able to do that and the defense isn't holding, we're going to have some problems because the defense is going to need to hold because we're going to need the offense to kind of scrum it together, it seems like. So those are my three things that I'm looking forward to in this game is Mac Jones getting the same play calling that Bailey Zappi got, the offensive line stepping up, improving, whatever they look like on Sunday, see that, and then, of course, just the defense. God almighty, the defense, please, just play and perform good because the defense supposed to be good. However, it's not. <laughs> it's not been good at all. So that's going to wrap up my football discussion there, and I do want to talk about sports cards. I want to spend the remainder of this episode talking about the hobby. Sports cards, Pokemon cards, TCG, whatever. If it's on a two and a half by three and a half piece of cardboard, I want to talk about it. Because there is a massive trend happening, and people are slowly, slowly, slowly starting to pick it up. However, it's something that's been happening for a very long time. And what's a long time? To me, you could be different. Let's just say this has been a trend since the spring. Since the spring, this has been happening. And a lot of people are just now seeing it. Some people are still blind to it. So that's why I want to sit here and talk about it and try to shed some light on it. Because the majority of people that listen to this podcast are also into sports cards. And I think there is a I think it's fair to say that there is a direct correlation between the audience of Murph's Boston Sports Talk and to those in sports card hobby. So basically the point that I'm trying to get to is if you haven't noticed that the market is trending down. The market for what you may ask? Singles, loose packs, sealed boxes, card show attendance. It's trending down. Why is that? Why, why, why is it trending down? I can give you a handful of reasons. Will people believe me on it? I, I would like to hope. I, I'm here every day at the shop, six days a week at the shop. I see a lot of things. And I understand if you want to take what I'm saying with a grain of salt and you can go perform your own research and then go from there. That's fine. I'm cool with that. But definitely, please listen to what I have to say on why the market is trending down because the market is trending down. Again, singles, loose packs, sealed boxes, card show attendances. It's trending down. And I know I just had trade night here last night at Murph's Cartown Sports Shop, and it was an absolute success. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. However, if you look at the grand scheme of things, that's not always the case. I have a nice, tight-knit, hard-nosed, devoted, homegrown, built community here at Murph's Cartown Sports Shop. I do. I have ample people that I can rely on, that I can trust, that support the shop in one way or the other, whether they're buying, buying, buying singles, buying, buying, buying wax, whether they're trading, moving, you know, allowing me to move some stuff that I've had sitting for a while 
and get fresh inventory, whatever it may be. I have a good group of people here that I know I can trust and rely on to support Merce Cartel and Sports Shop. I do. And then there's a bunch of new faces that I see. You know, from time to time, I'd say maybe, you know, every day, every other day, I'm getting somebody new in the shop. That's awesome. So there is still a market. There is still a market for this hobby. However, when I say that the market is trending down over the past six or so months, let's see, what is it, the end of October? Let's just call it since the end of April, beginning of May, right? People, what, 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 before people, what has happened in the past six months, six plus months even? Inflation, high gas prices, obviously the Ukrainian war, other economical issues, other societal issues. Obviously, we had summer, which again, that affects a lot of small local businesses because people, families are spending their money going here, going there, having fun. You know, kids aren't in school, so we have to keep them occupied, et cetera, et cetera. So since April, the end of April, we've had all those things happen. And I know the Ukrainian war, you know, it's kind of its own different thing. It's something you hate to see. And that started, you know, what, in February? But it still had a major impact here on American soil. And it still does. Gas prices are high. Inflation's high. Again, other economical issues, other societal issues that may affect, affect certain people, certain families and homes that may not be affecting others. You know, you get you get my picture. So what has been put on the back burner? The hobby, their hobby, whatever hobby. Sports cards has been put on the back burner. But where was it a year ago? It was on the forefront. And listen, compared to 10 years ago, sports cards is still on the forefront. Compared to five years ago, it's still on the forefront. However, if we look at now to two years ago, it has taken a massive halt. I don't want to say a halt, but a massive dip. And I like to look at trends. I tell people this all the time here at the shop to don't live and die by eBay comps. Look at trends. Is a player trending up or is they playing or are they trending down? Right now, the sports card hobby is trending down. I've said it, I've said it, I've said it. If you got into this hobby, let's say during COVID 2020 or after 2020 or after, let's say you got in, you see, you've seen or are seeing the hobby at its absolute highest peak, maybe ever, maybe since the junk wax era, but with the amount of people, the amount of money invested, I'd like to think that this is the highest popularity that we've seen the sports card hobby ever. Again, I wasn't around the junk wax era, so I don't know hands on for sure. But just kind of looking at research and such and seeing what I see and knowing what I know, again, with the amount of money invested into this hobby, with the amount of businesses, without the all the websites, softwares, tools, platforms, apps, all of that, I think that is way higher. I don't want to say way, but at least higher than the popularity was in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s during the junk wax era. So if you got into the hobby in 2020 or after, you only know this space way up here. And if you could see me right now, I am reaching 
to the ceiling with my hand because that is where you know the market. That is where you know the hobby, the space is way up there. And over the past six months, it is on a downward slope. And what does that look like? As I adjust myself here, what does that look like in the short term from a near-sighted perspective? If you're going from the tippity tip top top down, what does that look like? And you know nothing else? That's called a crash. That is called an absolute crash. If I take, if I'm looking at a piece of paper, right? And I go, let's say 95%. So if I start on the far left side of the piece of paper and I go 95% up to the top of that piece of paper starting from the bottom and I draw a small little one inch line, that's my starting point. And then if I take that, if I extend that line and I go at 45 degrees down to the right, that is a downward slope that is trending down and that is a crash because all you know, and I'm not just calling you out personally, I'm just saying you as, you know, general public, general audience, right? And, you know, general hobby collectors that have gone to the hobby in 2020 or after. All you know is where the market was way up here, where you started, where you drew that little line. So if you're looking at where the, if you drew that line, if you extended that downward line from where you started 45 degree angle all the way down the piece of paper, that is an absolute crash because you know nothing else besides the very tippity top that you got into the hobby at. That is called a crash. Yes. However, however, here's the flip side of it. Again, if you got into this hobby in 2020 or after, all you know that it is a crash. Because all you know is way up here and it's currently way down here. However, if you got into this hobby in, or, you know, if you've been in the hobby for at least five years, so that would put, what are you, 2022? So let's call it 2017. If you got into the hobby or were in the hobby from 2017 and before, then you know that this isn't a crash. You know that this is not a crash. Yes, it is trending down. Yes, the market is down. But you know what? The market goes up. The market goes down. The trends always go up. The trends always go down. So let me let me restart this little piece of paper exercise. If I was to take, and I was to start on the far left side of that, uh, turn the piece of paper over if you're just drawing along. <laughs> if you were to start on the far left side and go halfway up the piece of paper, and you to draw that little one inch line that I mentioned before. Okay, let's just call that when you got into the hobby, when you got into the space. And then you were to draw a 45 degree line upwards. Let's just say halfway up, you know, just go upwards to about, you know, almost the top, but not exactly the top. Okay, that resembles the boom. That resembles a boom. Now, obviously, that line is probably a lot straighter, a lot like, you know, not 45 degree angle. It's probably more of like a 10 degree angle spike up, if I'm being honest, but I'm just trying to keep things simple. And when you get to that top, draw another one inch line that resembles the boom. And then you draw that 45 degree line down. What does that resemble? That resembles 
a market trend. Actually, two market trends. It goes up and it goes down. So you're looking at it from where you drew that little one-inch line at the side, uh, halfway up the side of the paper. It went all the way up, another one-inch line, and then it went all the way down. That is not a crash. That is not a crash. That is correction. That is market correction. What is market correction? Market correction is when something tries to stabilize, when something tries to normalize itself, right? Like the housing market, okay? Your house, let's just say, was $400,000 in 2019. COVID happened. Now your $400,000 house is now $700,000, okay? And the housing market's starting to cool off a little bit. Now $700,000 is worth, your house is worth $600,000. Again, it boomed and it's trending down because it is correcting because your $400,000 house should not be worth $700,000. Not right now, at least, unless you did, you know, upgrades and such. But I'm just trying to keep things nice and simple here. So the hobby blew up. However, with the hobby blowing up, with the with the popularity of the hobby spiking, with the amount of money going into the hobby increasing, singles, packs, boxes, it all, the average price or the median price of everything went up with it. That's just a fact. And we all know that. A $20 blaster box is now $35. $25 to $35. A $45, or no, I'm sorry, a $35 mega box is now $55. Or maybe even on the after, on the black market, it's $100. Hobby boxes that were once $150 are now thousands of dollars, hundreds, thousands of dollars. That is because the market spiked. $150 boxes are now $1,000. That is not normal. That should not happen. So when that $1,000 box here in the, what are we in the third, the fourth quarter of 2022 is trending down, from a short-sighted perspective, yeah, sure, it's crashing. If you got in in 2020 and all you know is a $1,000 box. However, if you've been into the hobby for, you know, I'm just going to call it since 2017, you would know that $1,000 box should not be $1,000. So when you see that $1,000 box start to trickle down and now it's $800, say in a couple months it's $600, that is correction. That is correction and that is what we're seeing in this hobby right now. We are seeing the sports card market, sports card hobby that encompasses everything. Cards, packs, um, graded cards, sealed boxes, supplies even. It is correcting. And I hate to say it for those that did get into this hobby in 2020 and after that, yes, it is looking like a crash for you. And what are you going to do? Are you going to panic sell? Are you going to try to stay calm, cool, and collected? Are you going to keep your composure? Are you going to try to do research to adapt? But for those that have been in the hobby before 2020 are relieved. They are thanking the sports card gods that the market is finally correcting. Why is it correcting? Because of all these societal issues that I mentioned before. Ukrainian war, inflation, high gas prices, Obviously, we had the summer, which was a huge impact. 
other economical, other societal issues are all factors why we're seeing the hobby correct. Why didn't we see this hobby correction last year? There was no, there was no war. Inflation wasn't a thing. Gas prices weren't as high as they currently are. We didn't have other economical issues. We didn't have other societal issues. COVID was still kind of a thing. People last year were still getting stimulus checks and stimulus money from unemployment. So extra money was just flowing into the household for them to use and spend on sports cards, driving the average price of boxes, cards, singles, whatever it may be, packs. None of that we are seeing today. No more government money. We have war. We have record high gas prices. We have inflation in the in the United States market as a whole, the stock market, is in a recession. That is why we are seeing the hobby correct now than last year. If we didn't have any of these issues here in the country this year, the market wouldn't be correcting right now. Boxes would be going through the roof, $1,000, $1,200. Singles, that should be $20. Would be 40, 50, 60, 70, $80 next year. But because we're seeing what we're seeing in our society, that is why we're getting correction in our hobby. And I hope you guys take this as you wish, whether you take it literally, whether you take it as gospel, or whether you take it with a grain of salt. But do your own research. If I'm wrong, prove me wrong. If I'm right, let's have a conversation and discuss about this because the hobby as we know it is changing. Is it for the good? Is it for the bad? I don't know. You know my thoughts. That's for you to decide. And I really hope you did enjoy this discussion. I really wanted to shed light. I really had to break everything down and have a really good in-depth conversation. And I really do believe that this in-depth conversation will serve great purpose moving forward for the community and for the hobby. But I definitely do want to know your opinions. Am I speaking out of my ass? Am I making sense? Am I being realistic? Am I being unrealistic? Let me know down in the comments if you listen to this on YouTube, but reach out to me via social media at Murph's Car Town if you want to get in touch with me then. But thank you guys so much for listening to episode number 165. I really appreciate everyone downloading, listening, and enjoying those that are listening on audio-only platforms, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Apple, of course. Thank you guys so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying episode number 165. Again, if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and also consider hitting that giant red subscribe button as I'm trying to get to 400 subscribers before the end of the weekend. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. Enjoy the weekend. We had nice weather the past couple of days, but now it seems like it's going to be cold. Have a happy, fun, and safe Halloween on Monday. Enjoy the games this weekend, and I'll get back with you guys next Friday for episode number 166. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.